Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. I'm just going to be very honest with y'all this morning. I am so excited for this word. It has been in me since September when I wrote the manuscript. And um, it was hard for me to sleep last night because I just wanted to get it out. I have to get it out. I have to share it with you. Um, and so I, I pray that you are encouraged this morning and you are blessed by the word. Amen. Um, it's no coincidence that I received this topic from our pastor, who's also a spiritual father to me. Um, he sent me an email and he said, I want you to write about the Holy Spirit and how being in, being led by the Holy Spirit leads to maturity. And I have been reading about and studying about being led by the Holy Spirit in the last year. More so when I got married, amen? Um, because the Holy Spirit is a necessity. So I honor PD and I thank you PD for your obedience to God and, and just giving me this assignment because it has helped me grow in being led by the Holy Spirit. And of course, Lady Courtney, I honor you for being who God has called you to be. You have been a blessing. Um, to all the guests, welcome to KLM. Um, I see friends here. I have family here. So I'm grateful for you all. Thank you for coming. My sisters are here from Maryland. Amen. And if you wonder at all, I'm the youngest. I know it's hard to tell. Um, I'm just kidding. They're my younger sisters. We have a middle sister as well. Um, who could not be here, but I'm grateful to God that they were able to come. Um, I just want to spend just one minute because the song, The Spirit of the Living God, it is such a powerful song because the Holy Spirit, when he is on the inside of you, the way that he works in and through you is so amazing. The way that he can transform you is so amazing. And so I just want to spend one minute with the fruit of your lips, if you can join me and just worship the Lord and just thank the Father. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we worship you. We thank you for being a loving Father. Oh, you are faithful, Lord God. Jesus, we honor you, King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as part of the Godhead this morning. And we yield ourselves to you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. We thank you, Father God, for bringing us here this morning. We know that we are here on purpose, Father God. Hallelujah. We are here in expectance, Father God in expectance to hear a word from you. You know what we need, Spirit of the living God. And we thank you that you are moving even right now and operating in our hearts, Lord God, from the beginning of service up to now. We thank you that you are here and you are present. You will remain here, that you will dwell here. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that all of our hearts are open and ready to receive from you, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that as your word goes forth, Lord, it does not return void, Father God, that the God of comfort, the God of peace, the God of love, the God of joy covers every soul in this room, every person that's represented here. You know what each and every person needs. And I thank you, Father. 
for the word that you've given me to bring forth to your children today. I pray that I speak as the very oracles of God, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of the living God on the inside of me. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. You are the teacher. Have your way in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how many of us remember MapQuest? Raise your hand if you remember MapQuest. Okay. Put your hand down. Raise your hand if you remember dial-up internet. So remember when you had to go somewhere and you have to log on your computer. If you didn't have a computer at home, you would have to go to the local library and log into that computer. And then you'd have to listen to the dial-up, wait for the internet to start working and you type in mapquest.com, then you type in where you're leaving from and where you're going, and then you end up getting 10 pages worth of directions, and there's five pages worth of ads in the directions. God forbid you mix up the pages. And if you were to get lost, you would be in deep trouble. Today, we're going to talk about the divine GPS. Because think about how much of a blessing it is to have a GPS nowadays that we don't need to depend on MapQuest. Amen. A GPS provides you with positioning, navigation, and timing. God sent the Holy Spirit to position you and navigate you according to his timing. So today I want to teach you all how to flow and grow in the Holy Ghost. Repeat after me, flow and grow in the Holy Ghost. We're going to have fun this morning. Amen. Nancy Dufresne said this, she said, the Holy Spirit is a divine genius in us. Meaning, why would we step down to our intellect since we're not sentenced to live by our own IQ? We have a divine guide who has the mind of God. As believers, we have access to the mind of God. In John 14, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to us. So before we go to John 14... (laughs) Let's consider what is happening here. You have Jesus with his disciples. His disciples have been walking with him throughout his ministry. They left everything. They left their families. They left their jobs. They left their friends. They left their comfort to follow Jesus. They're walking with Jesus and throughout his ministry, they're experiencing him. They're experiencing miracles through him. They're experiencing his love. They're learning from him. He is all that they have. They left everything behind. Turn with me to John 14. If you have your phones, thank God for technology. Um, You can turn to the Amplifier version because that's what I'm going to be reading this morning. John 14, verses 16 and 17. When you get there, say amen. John 14, 16 and 17, Amplified Version. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, 
advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to be with us forever, us born again believers. He promised the Holy Spirit to be with us forever, which means that God, the almighty, powerful God, the creator of this world, <laughs> your father never wants you to be without his help. He never wants you to be without his comfort. He never wants you to be without his advocation, his intercession, his strength and his support. That's how loving he is. That's how much he loves you. When Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, he refers to the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth. The spirit of truth on the inside of us. You have the one sent by God to help comfort, advocate, intercede, strengthen and support you on the inside of you. He's standing by, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to activate him so that he can work in you. Let's go up to verse 15. I purposely skipped this verse, but go up to verse 15. I'm still reading out of the Amplified version. Jesus says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Obedience is not in human nature. We are not excited to obey. We are not quick to obey. It's not in our nature. If we were, we would not need discipline from the moment that we're born, right? It's no coincidence that Jesus mentions obedience before promising the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. God wants us to be obedient because it shows him that we love him. But not just that, he wants you to get every single thing that he has for you. Every single thing. God is not selfish. Jesus says to the disciples, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. I have to go. I'm sentenced to death. Imagine how they felt in that moment. You're all that we know. We left everything for you. But he said, I'm sending you a helper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 6, 19, Paul tells us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility to connect our spirit because we are spirit who that's in a body. So we have a responsibility to connect our spirit with the Holy Spirit. He requires invitation. He is not going to force himself onto you. He's not just going to come out and tell you what to do. You have to yield to him. You have to seek him. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> um, and I honestly, I still have moments of this. I am a planner. I have always been a planner. I have plan A, B, C, sometimes D with everything. I am extremely organized. And I remember one day, I don't remember if I was um, watching a sermon, or if I was reading or watching TV, but I was sitting there and on the inside of me, I heard, 
When are you going to stop thinking you're smarter than me? And I said, wow. Me? <laughs> I'm just using what you gave me. I'm thinking that I'm putting into work the skills and the talents that God has given me to figure things out. But guess what? He already knew I was going to try to figure it out. As a matter of fact, he already has a solution. I'm sitting here getting a headache and stressing trying to figure out plan A, B, C, and D. And even though it makes sense, it does not matter because there's so many things that could go wrong. All I had to do was ask the Holy Spirit. How simple is that? It's so simple. And then in that moment, here comes the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Galatians 2.20. Let's go there. Brings Galatians 2.20 to my remembrance. Notice I said to my remembrance because I've read it. So the Holy Spirit has something to work with here. Galatians 2.20. I'm going to read out of the ESV. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live in the flesh, but I don't live by my flesh. Romans 8, 4 says that we are to walk according to the spirit, not the flesh. Paul yielded to the Holy Spirit and wrote a majority of the New Testament. Jesus yielded to the Holy Spirit and was led to the wilderness in Matthew 4, 1, defeating the devil. He fulfilled God's purpose for his life. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit? Amen. We have that same spirit living on the inside of us. And keep in mind, walking in faith is walking in the spirit. Walking in faith is walking in the spirit. You can't have one without the other. And according to Romans 12, 3, we've all been given a measure of faith. So God, my Lord Jesus, God, when you were born again, already gave you a measure of faith. He gave you something to work with. Now you have to put it to work. Let's go to Matthew 25. I'm going to read verses 14 through 23. Keep in the back of your mind understanding that we've all been given a measure of faith as we read the parable of the talents. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. 
But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servants. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. That'll preach itself right there. Look at verse 15. The word ability in the Greek is the word dunamis. It means power. The only power you have in the inside of you as a born again believer is faith. That's the only power you have working in and through you. So here's what we're going to do, because here's what the Holy Spirit did for me when I was studying the scripture. It made it real for me. So I'm going to make it real in this moment. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to substitute some of these words. Keep in mind that one talent was worth 15 years worth of wages. One talent. Okay. So the master we're going to replace the master with Jesus. The talents, we're going to replace those with millions. Amen. For the one who gave five, it's going to be Jackie. For the one who gave two, it's going to be so me. And the one who gave one, I'm going to pick Betty because I hope there's nobody named Betty here. Amen. All right. So let's go through this again. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Jesus gave Jackie five talents. Jesus gave so me Two million. So he gave Jackie five million and he gave so me two million, each according to her own faith. Then he went away. 
Jackie, who received five million, went at once and she traded them and she got five million more. Somi, who received two million, she went and she traded it and received two million more. Now, after a long time, Jesus came. Jesus is coming back. He's been gone for a long time for us. But for him, it's going by pretty quickly. Time doesn't work the same way for Jesus as it works for us. Amen. So Jesus comes back after a long time to Jackie and to Somi to settle their accounts. Jackie comes forward and says, Jesus, you delivered to me five million. Here, I have made five million more. Jesus said to her, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into my joy. Somi comes forward. Jesus, you delivered to me two million. I have made two million more. Jesus says to her, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into my joy. It's not about the number. The number was given according to the faith, but he, Jesus, Jesus, he was just as proud. You used your faith. It was according to your faith. It had nothing to do with the number. That is why we, as born again believers, we don't need to hate on the next believer who gets something that we're believing God for. You've been believing God for a five bedroom house and I've been believing God for my townhouse and you come to me and say, the Lord has given me my five bedroom house paid off. I am praising God. Hallelujah. My townhouse is coming in the name of Jesus. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. The way God works in your life through the Holy spirit is in direct correlation to how you use your measure of faith. The absence of faith is what results in the absence of relationship. In the parable before, the parable of talents is the parable of the 10 virgins. Where you have the five who weren't wise and they're knocking on the door and Jesus is like, I don't know you. I don't know you. I've never known you. He's just, he calls us to walk in faith, to walk by the spirit and growing and maturing in the word as we do it. We can do it trusting him because his, his word is true. Jeremiah 29, 11 says his plans are to prosper us. We serve a God of prosperity. He can't lead you anywhere else. Our God is not broke. He's rich. He has access to everything. Hello. Amen. Glory to God. That's something to be excited about. As we walk in the spirit, we provide opportunity for us to grow and mature in our faith. Turn with me to Hebrews 5. I'm reading out of the ESV. Hebrews 
Hebrews 5. I'm going to be reading verses 11 through 14. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain. Since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The, the, the author of Hebrews, here's what he is saying. <laughs> there is so much that God wants to tell you. There's so much that wants to be revealed to you, but you're still in the foundation. Christ Jesus as our high priest. Jesus who through him we have salvation. There's so much more. There's so much more detail. There's so much more revelation, but you can't get it because you're still needing milk. Babies need milk. Babies drink milk. So you're still a baby. But, the, but God wants us to mature because he wants to reveal to us the hidden things. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals to us the hidden things. I remember when I was um, a baby in Christ. And when I say I was a baby, I mean, there were things that I was still struggling with, but that was mainly because I had not understood the concept of yielding to the Holy Spirit as yet, right? There were things that were getting to my flesh so much that I was overriding the spirit of God within me because we can do that. When we're stuck in our ways, that's what we do. I know what I'm talking about. That's what I said. And it doesn't matter what's going on on the inside of you. You've negated that because your flesh has taken over now. I remember when um, my husband said to me that I should consider applying for the director position of the children's ministry. And I said, well, I got a lot going on. Um, and I was going to go back to school and start my doctoral program again because I had taken a little break. And so I said, you know, I'm not sure. And he's like, pray about it. Because the first thing that I did was I thought about everything I got on my plate, everything that I'm responsible for. He told me to pray about it. I cannot explain the peace that I had when I prayed. And then after, when I sought the Lord and I asked, what is it that you want me to do in this position? What have you called me to do in this position? And he revealed it to me and I submitted. And even though we have a curriculum, there are so many times that I will be praying, preparing for Sunday service to teach the children and the Holy Spirit will give me a completely different sermon, a completely different message, a completely different curriculum because the Holy Spirit knows what the kids need and how 
they're going to learn how they're going to receive it. Amen. So it was a blessing for me. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15. Thank you, Lord. 2 Timothy 2.15, the apostle Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of God. I remember we had a Bible study um, here in 2019 and PD used the scripture and he said, mature believers are skillful in the word of God and can rightly divide the word. They are quick to obey. Quick to obey. God wants us to be mature in our walk of faith and he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us mature. The Holy Spirit leads us in truth in our relationships, at work, every interaction that you have. You have the Holy Spirit leading you. But you have to submit to him. That is such an important piece. I have gotten into the practice of when the moment I get in the shower, I thank the Holy Spirit for being on the inside of me. I thank the Holy Spirit for connecting with my spirit and being one with my spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that no matter what I have planned today, you supersede my schedule. Whatever it is that you want me to do, that you lead me to whatever that is. I thank you, Holy Spirit, from the moment because I want it to become a way of living for me. Amen. That's what we need. And can I just tell you, it is so exciting. It is so exciting when you do that because then the Holy Spirit comes. The other day we were driving to church and we were praising God in the car and the Holy Spirit said on the inside of me, you like to believe God for things that are outside of the norm. And I said, yes, I do. What's next? Give it to me. I am so excited. Because the Lord did lead me in a victory. And let me say this, before salvation, I had success. I'm not saying you won't have success, but in Christ, I have the victory. Hallelujah. I am victorious. Hallelujah. I am covered by the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.6 tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. We want to please God. God is so loving. He is so faithful. First, he sends us his son to reconcile us back to him. To have relationship with him. Then sends a helper. My God the power of the living God on the inside of us. There is nothing we can't do when we team up with the Holy Spirit. My God, what a collaboration. Lord God. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit within me that when I walk through those doors at work and I'm praying over this building and I'm praying over my day, it is the power of that spirit. 
that's already moving on the hearts of the people. And people wonder, why do you have such favor with your boss? Because I'm, I pray. That's why. Because I pray for my boss. Because I honor my boss. Yes, yes. Because when the Holy Spirit leads me to do something, I do it. I walk in obedience. And I have a testimony for you. And I'm going to share it in a couple of minutes. But I want to give you these practical steps if you're taking notes. Number one is prayer. We have to pray. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It tells us to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And when you're praying, remember to have moments of silence. Build your ear so that you know who you're hearing from. Because he's not the only one talking to you. And you don't want to be misled and you don't want to be distracted. Yield to the Holy Spirit in prayer. Romans 8, 26 says that we know not what we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He knows what we need to pray. Pray in your native tongue and pray in other tongues. <coughs> Step two, read the Bible with the Holy Spirit. We have the author with us, in us. Read the Bible with him. Before I read the word, I thank the Holy Spirit that he reveals to me the hidden things. It shows me a deeper meaning of the word. It's such a privilege to be able to do that. Number three, yield to the Holy Spirit. Remember that nothing is too small or too big for God. Our God is bigger than every single thing, and he cares. He cares about what's on your mind. He cares about what's on your heart. He cares. And even though you might not need to go to him with every little thing, he doesn't mind if you do. Praise God. And the last one, serve the church and fellowship. Serving is a blessing. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the talents and the gifts that the Lord has given us. It's not just for our secular world. It's not just for our secular job. It's also for us to contribute to the body, to grow the ministry of Christ. And as you serve, I mean, your heart is positioned differently when you're serving. There's such a humility with serving. It doesn't matter what you're doing. There's such a humility that comes with it. And there's such a love and appreciation that you give for God. And there's also an understanding that he gives you about his calling on your life and what he has called you to and what he's assigned you to do. You're not racing to get to that final thing. You're working it out. At every step, you're working it out. We don't want to rush God now. That's why being led by the Spirit is so important. Imagine giving your 10-year-old the savings account that you've been building for them, for them to go to college, keys to the house, 
and, and leaving them and saying, there you go, have your way. You won't have a house in five days. You might not have one in 48 hours. And that money will be gone. Thank you, Nas. Absolutely. It will be gone. <laughs> God is so good and so faithful that he wants to give you things when it's the right time. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit leads you in his timing. You don't want to get anything too early and fumble. Praise God. Hallelujah. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Birth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.